this a metal thing? Yes. to horror movie talk where I, i'm still trying to figure out where he got the sound clip for big tits big tits i don't know probably from i don't recognize where where that came it sounds like it's a, your voice a horror porno game oh all right um so yeah it's, uh horror movie talk <laughs> we're your hosts hey whoa i'm dr bryce hansen and over there's david day that's right. He's That's a professor me. and the foremost expert in scare no-nos. New theatrical releases get up priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. And today, we've got one of them new releases we keep telling you about. I had no idea this was coming, and man, what a crazy movie. And this is one that you might not be able to see right away, but it's in, it's in select theaters right now. It's called Hatching. Yeah, it's a Finnish film. Does mm-hmm. that sound right? Yeah. Yeah, Finnish. Um, so, anyways, check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. We've got uh, lots of useful links there. Um, if you want to join us the second Saturday, so that won't be this Saturday, but the next, we're going to be having a watch party at streamlounge.io. Uh, we do that every second Saturday, and we post new episodes of this podcast every Wednesday so please subscribe and leave us a rating, if you please. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. If you're new to the show, we give a brief synopsis and review, and then we give a score for the movie, scoring a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry that you just watched it, 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. And after we give the score, we'll get into spoilers spoilers, and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. So if you uh, haven't seen the movie yet, you can jump out at that point and come back um, if you don't want it spoiled. That's how spoilers work. And this, this is a this is such a, a great uh, like I'm so I can't even hide my excitement to talk about this movie. Yeah, that's a good. Whew, yeah. Um, so yeah, got a couple bits coming up later on, like very special, um, opportunity. First, we'll we'll have taglines. Oh, taglines. Perennial favorite. Um, Perennial favorite. Yeah. Uh, but also I was able to, you know, just through a coup, (laughs) no pun intended, we, we landed an interview from, uh, one of the cast members of Hatching. Dude. And I want to, I don't, I want to keep it like under wraps. Like it's a surprise guest. Yeah. And, uh, just stick around for that interview because I'm, I'm pretty excited. I mean, yeah. You told me who it was and I, I'm just dying to get into it with him. Yeah. You know? So, uh, stick around for that. Um, so yeah, we went and saw Hatching. Um, are we still subscribed to IMDb Pro? No. Okay. Thank God. No, I, <laughs> I was going to say, how'd you get this interview? 
Um, there's like a finished version of Not like you can Facebook. just walk outside and find this person. Yeah, um, and I just connected with them there. Mm. Okay. Facebook. <laughs> it's different. All right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. That's, different. That's how Finnish people sound. Um, so I'm not going to play the trailer because it's all cause and finish. Mm. So... We can we can skip it, uh, but hatching can be found in select theaters right now. It's a limited release, but uh, I really hope that it gets widely released or somewhere streaming soon. Uh, Finnish freshman director Hannah Bergholm heads this chilling tale of Tinya, a twelve-year-old gymnast, and her toxic relationship with one a giant bird person and two her mother. Giant bird person. What begins as as a simple tale of a you know, this old chestnut of hatching a mystical growing forest egg uh, uh-huh. it twists into a disturbing metaphor for the traumatic metamorphosis caused by being raised by a Finnish Laura Dern. Mm, true. Uh, I really like this film. I went in with really low expectations. The trailer is a little rough. It featured some really corny acting, and it's it's always a crapshoot with, with foreign films. Um it's real hit and miss. I mean, I guess it is with domestic films too, but I think there's yeah, much more uh, hit and miss. A little domestic. bit of a better track record with, especially subtitled films. Like it's got to reach a certain level of of goodness quality to yeah. put in front of people that are very averse to reading. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it it looked pretty bad from the trailer, but I I went and checked on IMDb and and the Sorry, on Rotten Tomatoes, and the score was really high from critics, so I I gave it a shot. Um, so I mean, it sets up the trailer sets up a pretty arbitrary story of raising a monster, but it really delivers on an emotional uh, and visceral level. Throughout, lots of good body horror in it, lots of good like character development, animatronics, uh, yeah. lots of. I mean, I think it may all be. Um, practical effects. I don't know that there were. There may be a few little touch-up things here and there done with computer CGI and that kind of thing. But this is almost all practical effects and makeup. Um, yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, you really have sympathy and pity on little Tinya as she desperately tries to make sense of and manage forces way beyond her control. Mm. Um, the themes throughout are vague enough to be interesting, but explicit enough to draw some connections. Toxic relationships, narcissism, puberty, eating disorders, and hidden lives are all themes that are explored pretty adeptly in a, in a tight one hour and 27 minute runtime. Uh, the writing is really good and develops the characters very well. Some of the lines are a little on the nose, but they're still believable in the context of a family that's desperately putting on the perfect facade under the command of a raging narcissist mother. Um, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of good things to say about this movie and, and not not a lot of fat on it. It's pretty impressive with how much it um, accomplishes in such a short runtime and having a pretty simple premise but twisting it into like a really rich like metaphorical and I'm so glad that you're weird you know amalgam of themes and and like tensions it's it's really great yeah I I've been just chomping at the bit 
Champa Champa in at the bit to talk to you about this because we didn't get to see it at the same time. Champa Champa. We had to uh, we had to see it at different times, and so I was just left kind of with my own mind after watching this, just going, "Oh my god!" Like it was so simple. Like I had that that immediate takeaway of it was so simple. Like, but also like the things that it explored were so. Um, universal, so, like, also kind of simple, but then, like, this complex, like, it just simplified every, this very complex, all these complex emotions and, uh, and experiences into this really tight, strong package that just, I mean, it just kicks you right in the chest Mm -hmm. with just grief and, uh, and, like, if, I mean, if you're a person who had, uh, you know, childhood trauma. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I'm really curious to hear what your thoughts are on this one. I'm so curious to hear what your thoughts are on it because I don't. You're watching, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's so much of this is, is very, very, very relatable for me. But then I turn around and I go, is it relatable also? It's it's a somewhat of a universal human experience, but I go, did Bryce have a traumatic childhood? I don't know, but I don't feel like yours matched mine, but no, I no. can't say that it wasn't worse or better. Like, I don't know. Like, No, I did not have a traumatic childhood in my family or in, in anything. Like, that was... That's a pretty foreign concept to me. Um, but, I mean, I, I will say it does a really good job of like throughout most of the movie, just showing you these things and be, and it just feels fucked up. Just everything feels fucked up. The family, like the mom, the, the, just everyone, the situation with the, the hatching, like, Oh yeah. And then it just ends with tragedy and it's a really great, you know, metaphor again for, for uh trauma because it's like trauma while it's happening while you're experiencing it it's like well this is fucked up or from people on the outside they're like wow that's really fucked up but to you it's like well i just gotta deal with this as it as it comes like i'm getting overwhelmed and then in the end it's tragic because (laughs) trauma has effects that are long lasting that never go away that that never go it changes you yeah in ways and uh yeah, that's that's. I'm assuming that's the main message of this film. It's it's hard to say, like, to pin it down on on one thing, but I think that's probably the closest to an overall theme of the trauma around her narcissist mother um, being wrapped up into actually changing her yeah. for the worse. Yeah. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know or who are new to the show, my dad is a narcissist, um, and my childhood was a, a pretty decent alcoholic, and so, um, and I had, you know, I've, I, I, I'm pretty um, paranoid person. I'm a, I'm a, a emotionally uh, a changed person from who I, I think I would have ended up being uh, had I not gone through those things. So this really. Um, this movie is, hit me very, very square in the temple. And then also 
like it's it focuses on my biggest fear. My biggest fear is like doing this to my own child, mm. you know. Yeah, and um, and so this is this is going to be a, a little bit of a heavy episode, probably. Yeah, because this is so close to home. Um, but I, I'll say like just about the movie itself. Just back to the movie a little bit, like. Yeah, at first it felt, uh, it was interesting. The acting felt stilted and kind of weird, and I didn't know exactly what I was getting yeah. into. The language, the Finnish language, I can't tell if it's the actual Finnish language or just the direction being given to these actors that felt so stilted and and strange, but the language itself felt, like, strangely punctuated to me. Uh-huh. Um, but then as it, as it kind of fell into what it was, it... I started going, oh, this is all yeah. pretty intentional stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought yeah, the, it's, the it's acting hard. was so good, especially from that little girl. Yeah. My God, where do they find these amazing child actors? Yeah. No, yeah, I think it, it's, I think this is the first Finnish movie I've ever seen. Yeah, that's probably fair to say. Like, um, and yeah, I think the, the language is, is different. It does have kind of a more, uh, it's a different quality, so it's hard to say like w- whether the acting was stilted or not. But definitely, there was um intentional affect, yeah, in, in some parts, yeah, um, that comes through. Um, yeah, just really great. So, what what do you score this one? Yeah, this is there's really no other like this is so yeah this is a ten out of ten for me. Yeah, this is so um. Yeah, it's such a meaningful and easy to it takes it takes a concept that many that many may not be t- super familiar with but a lot of people are real familiar right. with right intimately familiar childhood trauma and it makes it into this perfect allegory this perfect thing allegory was the word i was looking for thank you and and it takes it and it goes here you go. This is when you fuck around with a child. This is what's happening. Yeah. This would it be like. Yeah, this would it be like. And um for that reason I think it's I think it's maybe one of the most uncomfortable f- films that you could make a lot of people watch. Mm. And also like so fucking important yeah. for people to watch. Like uh, it's unfortunate how how hard it's going to be for a lot of people to watch this because no one wants this is like the ultimate this is this is like up there with rape and 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 murder right it's it's you know you're fucking with a, an innocent person yeah and uh, no one wants to see that kind of stuff displayed on screen but it's important i but think. it's very entertaining holy moly <laughs> when you see that crow <laughs> Um. Yeah i I really like this one. I give it a a high nine out of ten. Um. I I don't think. I mean, uh, ten is like sacred territory for me. Mm-hmm. And I. I just highly recommend. I'm not sure if I'm ever gonna watch it again. Mm. But it's a fantastic movie, and um, definitely gonna be in the top five of the year for me. Like I, I doubt that anything's gonna get much better than this. I don't. I can't see that happening. I just, I hope so. I hope things can get as good as this. This was, was night, was Nighthouse this year? 
No, that was in September. Of I can't remember what has come out this year that was good. Anything? Uh, yeah, X. X. Yeah, it's pretty good. It wasn't it was this good. good. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, yeah, this. Yeah, this was a great movie. Yeah, it had a lot of a lot of uh, interesting feelings. Speaking of interesting, um, if you just heard some commercials or commercials in the beginning or somewhere in here that you don't want to hear you should know that you can go to our patron patreon at patreon.com slash horror movie talk and sign up for the tier where you get early access to episodes without ads in them yep so you know i'm not uh, well and, and it feels like i'm holding you hostage but also you know pay up yeah also this is a free show yeah. you know that you, that we put on uh, hoping to entertain you, and it's just the cu- price of a cup of coffee, one cup of coffee per right. month. You know, it's six dollars yeah. sixty six cents gets you, um, commercial free, early access, and access to a whole other uh, podcast called the Afterpod. So, or we tons probably of value. probably talk too much about our lives. To be yeah, honest, yeah. If you want, yeah, if you want to learn about all that childhood trauma, go ahead and <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole backlog. Get of into it. that backlog there. Uh, um also we have a shop on our website horrormovietalk.com slash shop uh we got our logo tees and some stickers you can buy there uh as always we want to plug dustin gobel our resident artist he's a professional artist who fucks hard you can find him on instagram at dgobel00 that's at d-g-o-e-b-e-l-0-0 and uh you know if you if you ask him nicely he'll do a commission for you if you pay him up and Dustin Goble, the man, the myth, the legend with the Teflon dick himself uh-huh. is, I think he's going to be on next week's episode. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah, so stick around. What are we doing next week? I can't say. I can't say. I'll tell you after. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so thanks again for listening. Call us at 682-253-4468 if you want to leave us a voicemail. Let's get into Spoilers. Spoilers! But even before spoilers, I just want to say to our uh, latest Patreons, uh, Patreon members, thank you very much. Here are the people we need to thank. We do this every so often, so just bear with me for a minute, because these people support the show, and we appreciate them a lot. Matt D, Tori N, Chris C, Bob R, uh, Loa Marie W, CJC, Willard M, Fart Simpson himself. Thank you. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Fart S, David. Fart S, my apologies. (laughs) No, that's too obvious. We should go F Simpson. Um, And Jacob M, thank you guys for hopping on our Patreon and supporting us. You know, we're actually really close to 125 Mm -hmm. members, which means we're close to doing another... um, what do you call it? Um, I can't remember what we did. Uh, we do a thing where we watch a movie and then release a commentary track uh, to yeah. the movie. We might have to do Human Centipede 2. Human Centipede. It's Human Centipede 2. Ooh. So <laughs> once we get to 125, hey, baby. Um, okay. So it starts out, um, we're introduced to our 
protagonist, this little girl that's a gymnast. And uh, I just got to say, some sports are super toxic. Some like <laughs> some activities that you can encourage your 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 little girl, especially to do. I was gonna say are so toxic, and it really like says something about the parent as well. Just where, them being in the sport itself. Yeah, because you're like, if your kid is, if your little girl is like super into ballet. And it's not like, oh, it's just an introductory course. We're gonna, if it's like heavily into it, there's, I just feel like there has to be a <laughs> lot of energy behind it. That's silly. I mean, that is that's a little bit silly. Or or gymnastics. Girls or, can, you know, kids can like to do something. Yeah, absolutely. Genuinely, without it being, you know, like. But I will say there is like specifically like there's some East Coast sports where I'm like, oh, it's kind of. Yeah, it's kind of toxic. Like lacrosse. I think a lacrosse is just being like, okay. Okay, Chad. Yeah. I I mean, I Sorry. I just asso- I'm I usually associate the ones with like that are associated with eating disorders. <laughs> so there's like gymnastics, ballet, um wrestling. Mm. Just all of these it's like, oh yeah, eating disorders is built in. Like that's that's a feature. Not a you know, not a, not a glitch. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Um, I, that you feel you kind of feel a little bit more. Well, I, at least I do. You tell me if you tell me if this is spot on for you too. Like, so with wrestling, you kind of go, yeah, it teaches them discipline. Yeah, they got to throw up. They got to make weight, boys. But then with stuff like like you were saying, like ballet or gymnastics or something like that, when it's a little girl, I'm much more like, hey, don't fuck with that little girl. No, I'm I'm completely opposite with wrestling. I'm like, no, that's super toxic. Like that's I just have a, I just I, have an instant I, feeling of like don't mess with girls. But sure. boys, ah, I'm I'm boy, I'm garbage. Yeah. You know, go ahead, treat the garbage like garbage. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, there's I I think there's a little more leeway of like um <laughs> I almost wonder if it's like, oh yeah, I of course, I wouldn't trust boys to manage their weight. Like they're just <laughs> stupid. So, so like, dumb. of course, they're gonna do really dumb shortcut things like throw up and you know Air, run around in a trash bag. Have some chew. Have some chew. Just be spitting all day long. Yeah. It's it'll be great. Yeah. The, the coach at my school passed chew out to yeah. high school kids. So you're were you on wrestling? No. Okay. I just watched them. Yeah. I mean, it's like that. Like makes a little more sense when it's girls and they're like oh i'm just gonna throw up what i just ate they're like they're chewing yeah you're like oh no this is this is a disorder (laughs) they're not like just realizing that they made some mistakes and they're trying to do the shortcut to it or something Uh and it turns into something else so yeah i mean yeah yeah everything about the start of this movie is just is Screaming toxic, 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 yeah. toxic. And it, and it shows their family, and it's very, very artificially like a influencer family. And the mother is like shooting these videos. This is, and it's like so, their channel is like so on the nose. It's like everything's perfect. But now, generic perfection with like, like soft whispered voices uh-huh. being like, 
we love each other and our family and look at our beautiful house and kids Mm -hmm. and you know it's just so clean and sterile and devoid of real the gross part is it's is is like the hug she gives her kids is for social media Right. It's not for the kids at all. It's just to be caught on camera and dispersed to. Yeah, one of the absolute best lines in the movie that describes perfectly the relationship between the mother and daughter is um, when she goes, where does she say it? I have it written down. We had oh, an authentic we had, moment. Yeah, we had an authentic moment. They're reviewing like a video. Yeah. Uh, like she's editing it. She's yeah. like, we had a. We had a real authentic moment there. People like that. People do like that. Steve-o. Welcome. It's rad, dude. <laughs> um, and while they're having this like opening scene of them all sitting on their white couch the the mother the daughter and the two Jonathan Lipnickies. Um, <laughs> you have a note written in here that's so fucking perfect. Dad is dad. Yeah. Oh, well, dad that's another is... line from from the movie. Oh God. Okay, I didn't even realize um, that. No, but like I, that was the thing that jumped out at me. Like the dad and this and the son just looked like yeah two alternate sizes of. Of uh, childhood star Jonathan Lipnicki, the, the kid from from Jerry Maguire. Oh no, no, t- no, no. Well, yeah, sure, him too. But also the kid from A Christmas Story. Oh sure, that yeah, guy. just dead on that guy. Yeah, like, yeah, Ralphie. Yeah, Ralphie. Yeah, <laughs> Ralphie. No. Um, and they feel like so. That was the those two characters felt like the ones that are like, well, that's really artificial, but it's also serves the purpose of the movie to have them artificial and just be just banal and yeah. boring and nothing and just just anyways just well, like actors in your life <laughs> while they're sitting there on the couch a crow flies in through the window or through the window I yeah guess, something and just starts fucking shit up <laughs> crow. just like they're chasing around this is like the most um the crow with the least amount of spatial awareness in the world knocks over like five vases. Yeah, it just goes for all the glass stuff and and just upends their perfect life. Yeah, it's just like fuck your glassware. And this is re- like this whole movie is a big allegory, one mm. huge allegory. And so this is kind of where you get the start of that. Yeah, which it's is like the perfect life is interrupted by reality. And I think in this case, the crow kind of stands for like a little girl coming into her own, like kind of becoming a like like becoming a woman, maybe getting her first period or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that that happens later on where it kind of fleshes a lot of that out. But but really, like at this point, it's it's just chaos entering into their perfect life. And they like you can't control everything. And here's proof. Right. And. Uh, Tinya, Tine, I think it's, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a, yeah, yeah. Uh, she throws a blanket over Crow and 
And uh, she's like, hey, should I take this outside? And her mom's like, no, just hand it to me. And then, snap. And then her mom just snaps its neck. And and little Tina gets this insight into her mom, like maybe for the first time that, oh, mom's capable of being really tremendously, horrendously cruel. And vindictive. And vindictive. Yeah. And it's like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh, this feels weird. Yeah. Like, as a kid, you're just like, well, we could have just let it outside. Right. Like, it has a life, too, and stuff. Why did... But, of course, none of that goes... I can't sad. remember the rationale that the, the mother gives. She says something to the effect of, like, it's just a nuisance or something like that. Um, But... Yeah, it's a it's a shock in it, and it comes very quick. Like literally, the first or second scene in the movie, this happens. Um, and then pretty soon, she takes it out to the garbage can and throws it in there. But pretty soon, it's like not there, and right. she follows. It didn't. I don't know how she knows it was in the woods if she like tracked it down through crow. Prince. <laughs> this well this she, she, yeah and again this is that that uh this is that allegory kind of coming in and being like oh that awakened some weird interest in the yeah. kid you know it's like wait what wait what was all that yeah what was all that and now i'm now i'm gonna go seek it out now i'm gonna go find out like why was she so mean to this thing and she finds the crow in the woods still alive but still you know barely mangled and so she takes pity on the crow this time. Pity, I guess it would be the way of describing it. Yeah. And she takes this rock and start tries to crush its head. It's not successful for the first, like, three or four swings, which is disturbing in itself. Like, jeez. Have you ever had to do something like this? No. You ever, you've never put an animal out of its misery? No. Oh, yeah. It's rough. <laughs> uh, it's a They're lot- usually alive and well. When I do it. <laughs> right. You, you see, I see what you mean. Yeah, so uh, putting an animal out of its misery is not... Oh, it doesn't always go to plan. <laughs> and in this case, she just had to brutalize this thing and, uh, and totally mash it into pulp. Right. But then, and it, it shows a shot of it, just like its head is completely just destroyed. Yeah, just all just mashed up flesh. It, but there's its egg, you know, it's, it had, it had limped back to its nest and here's its egg. And so she, she picks up the egg and she's like, I will, I will mother this thing. You know, I will. Do crows take the responsibility? No, they lay don't. Lay eggs on ground? No, they do not. So some sort of, I'm not sure this is a crow egg, David. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> In later, in just a couple minutes down the in the movie, you kind of go, "Oh wait, is this a crow egg, mm-hmm. or is this an allegory?" I hope I can stop saying that word. Yeah, I I do too. Mm-hmm. We'll have you an can't allegory counter. Having been pigeon toed, David. We can use that one a lot. Um, so she decides to take the egg and keep it warm. Like, you know, you've seen stuff like this. Yeah. Um, and it, a lot of my notes are like about just the plot line of the the egg and the you know resulting stuff but really just as much as all that stuff happening just as important is these little moments with Tinya and her mother 
that just like display just just how much of a narcissist her mother is and how much a victim <laughs> Tinya is or just how out of control of her own life yeah. she is. Um you feel you feel so sorry for this little girl. Right. You can see just see the confusion and the sorrow on her little face and just be and just and the innocence that's just just being stripped away moment after moment after moment with this mom. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And the and first her dad is such a nothing. He's yeah. just sits there and lets it all happen to her. And yeah. that's the most disgusting part. Like that's the gross that's like ugh. It's so gross. It's just like, oh, you don't have anybody right. to stand up for you? Right. This is way too close to home right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Um, yeah, Tinia walks in to her mother making out with the handyman. And they have like this this really weird conversation. And, and this is where that quote comes from. Because her mom... Sits her down and is like, you know, I, you you walked in on something and... A special moment between adults. Yeah, she she said, you know, sometimes adults have special friends. David, it's will like, you please give me a hug? Yes. And Tinia's like, but what about dad? David, dad's poor right now. <laughs> and, and her mother says, well, you know, dad is dad. Right, it's and like, like, and says it in like this knowing, like with this wink, yeah, of like, like you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just two. We're just two, uh, two, two of the girls talking, two gals chatting, and you can't, you can't get a lady boner over your dad, can you? Ew, no, we like what's his name, Torn, Torn, uh, to, 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 to Tubby? Tarot, Tarot, T E R O, like the lawnmower. I was going to say the, the stuff I put out to kill ants. Oh, there you go. Um, what am I thinking of? Yeah, sure. Toro. Toro! <laughs> okay. Um, so it's this weird moment, because it's like, Tinya, she's... And it's like this display of manipulation of... Tinya wants to be close with her mom, so it's like, oh, this is a thing where... She's treating me like an adult. And You'll just take anything. You'll take anything that's given. Continue explaining this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to keep interrupting. <laughs> I'm really sorry. And she's like, yeah, I want, like, it seems like she trusts me in this habit and it's good to have, like, a, because she's framing, the mom's framing is like, it's just our little secret, you know. And there's one thing, but also under... It all is this little girl, like, terrified that her family is falling apart. So confused. Like, wait, why were you kissing another man? But what about dad? And her mom's like, yeah, it's this weird, horrible manipulation of like, I know how I'm going to get my child to keep this secret is I'm going to make it a fun secret that she gets to keep with me. Right. And so if I... Yeah, if I go, you know how your dad is, eh, right? But, you know, Toro. <laughs> Boing. Boing, 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 boing. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, right? And the little girl's like, if this is how I have to 
be to get close to you, I'll be this way. Just because I just want to be close to you because you're my mom. Uh, and it's yeah. just, this is exact. it's exactly what this is like. It's yeah. just like, hey, David, play football. You want to play football? And it's like, I-, I do? And they're like, yeah, I want you to real bad. And you're like, oh, yeah, I do want to play football now. Now that you say it like that, mm-hmm. I definitely want um, to play football very badly. And then it's just like, do better, do good. Ah! And it's like, oh, 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 I don't know if I really wanted to play football. Did I ever want to play football? And then it's like this weird, like, you, they force you into gaslighting yourself mm. because you want the thing that they tell you to want uh-huh. because you just want to make them happy. Right. And so it's just this constant gaslight of, right. of like, you want to make me happy, right? And it's like, I'll do anything to make you happy. Anything. Because maybe you being happy means me being happy. Mm. And uh, and it doesn't. It never does. This. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm this like. Is a, this is getting deep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. We're delving. It's very scary. It's very scary watching this is like and, and because I I just I just remember all of it so vividly and and I go I, I can't let this happen to my child. What's so funny is that you were I think you're like midway through it or something when you text me and you're like this is this is my own me. personal nightmare. This is my own personal nightmare. And I didn't know anything about it really other than a giant bird person. So it was like, <laughs> but you own birds, David. Yeah. So I assumed it was like, oh yeah, he's, he owns birds. So it's probably <laughs> like a pretty specific to his knowledge of birds and how disturbing that can be. How, how'd that turn out? How'd that assumption <laughs> has very little to do with birds. Um, has a lot more to do with. David, will you please give me a hug? Yes. Um. So yeah, <laughs> and as I was watching, I'm like, oh, oh, I get it now. And as as her mom continues to break her heart and hurt her and treat her like an adult, even though she's just a little kid, that pain serves to feed this egg. And the egg grows right. and grows and grows until it's no longer yeah, and a it's little like, bird egg. And it's, it's kind of like feeding off of Tinya's trauma. Like mm-hmm. there's, it hatches when she cries on it. Yeah, when she cries on it, it absorbs her tears. It is her sadness. It's comprised of her sadness. Yeah. Um, I wrote down one of my notes as the horror of a narcissist parent. Yeah. Like that, it communicates it pretty well. Like that is probably the most tense scenes in this movie are just between Tinya and her mom and have nothing to do with the bird person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Um, yeah, it's not quite a bird, <laughs> not quite a person. <laughs> Let's see what this is here. Oh wait, no. Harvey Bird Person. Hang on. Harvey Bird Person. 
attorney at Caw. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the egg hatches, and inside is this, like, kind of a baby Lovecraftian horror of a bird person. <laughs> bird person. <laughs> it has been a challenging mating season for bird person. Bird person. <laughs> Bird person. Um. So yeah, like she's terrified of the bird person because it's not quite a bird, not quite a person, and um, kind of screams at it. And then the the bird person jumps out the window, and they're like, "What the fuck?" It should happened? be noted that this is like a scale of her. Mm-hmm. Like, it is her size. It's a my-size bird person. Right. You remember my-size Barbie? <laughs> my-size bird person. <laughs> same, same. Uh, <laughs> but different. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just remembering that drop, that fart bit of my laughter. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole song from it. Oh, oh man. Legend. Best guest. Yeah. No offense to any of uh, It's... I can't, I can't say this enough, but that's literally like a dream come true. Is having someone doing drops like that to that level of competence? Ah, oh, yeah, it's like washing over me. Like, and so many of you reached out. This is about the last episode uh-huh. that where we reviewed the whaling. Um, we had Fart Simpson on, who is like a golden god of audio engineering and and uh, all kinds of amazing uh, stuff that we really appreciate on podcasts. And, and he did the new intro. If you yeah, he's had, the guy who did the new intro. Up. So many people reached out and were like, wow, what a great episode. Fart was amazing. <laughs> Got to have Fart back. So we're yeah. going to try and get him to come back. I'm going to have to twist his arm. Yeah. Um. Where were we? So the the egg hatches, the the bird person jumps out the window, and then almost immediately returns and comes back, and it's pretty inseparable from Tinja. Yeah, uh, I believe it's pronounced Tinja, not the pronunciation. Tinja, um, Tinja. She she's kind of strangely, you know. Attracted or not attracted? But like, well, she's it's an enamored. You know, it's like curiosity. It's curiosity. It's also like I have a responsibility to this thing. It's not really knowing what it is, but knowing that you know your mom caused it to be an orphan. You know, so right. And you went through the effort of nur- nurturing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then pretty soon she realizes that it's. Thanks. <laughs> so they uh, they have tubby time. Yeah, they do have tubby time, and she washes all the goop off of this thing. The bottom line is that uh, when this thing is born, it's gross. It's nasty. It's gnarly. It's an amalgamation. It's some sort of weird. It's really. N- it's not never. It's not ever really not gross. <laughs> right <laughs> until like the very end. But even then. Oh yeah, no. It's always a perversion. Yeah, like it's always this weird. Uh, blasphemy uh, thing that shouldn't exist but does. Right. right. Um, yeah. Um, so she gives it a bath. Her brother tries to come in and 
take a piss. She's like, no, I'm no. Right. Yeah. She tells him to go piss outside, which any little boy should just be like, okay. Well, hey, that's but, toxic masculinity. But he's just a little bitch. You're toxic. Little, little you're Jonathan Lipnicky bitch. You're toxically masculine right now. How is that toxic? Because you call him a little bitch if he doesn't, if he's scared to go pee outside at night. Scared? That's what he said. He said, I'm scared. Yeah, he's a little bitch. See? This is toxic masculinity. That's you. You are. Mm. It exists, and it is embodied. Maybe, maybe it's toxic, toxic masculinity to demand that you get to pee in the bathroom when it's occupied, David. Maybe it's... Oh, yeah. Well, that's definitely true, too. Um, no, you're absolutely right. But also, maybe you have your own little fucking crow perversion that's hiding in the corner somewhere around this room. I'm not going to go look because I don't want to find it. There's no way you could find it. But it's going to be toxically masculine. There's multiple nests in this room within <laughs> arm's reach. Goddamn right about that. Um... Well, it turns out like you just can't be masculine without being toxic. Yeah, I mean the, tr- the maybe you just can't you can't be toxic unless you can't you can't be a person unless you're toxic. Well, you can't be a man. No, I'm saying just everybody probably is pretty toxic, including definitely probably the people who like try to label others as toxic. Like that's pretty toxic. Yeah, but especially men. We're definitely, yeah. No, we're in agreement about that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so she, you know, is shown hiding it and eventually this thing is constantly just like chirping its shit. It's right. Like, and it's got, it's got like teeth in the back of it. This thing is a pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, pretty impressive body horror, like monster design and practical effects like it's all there like there is a bunch of shit going on with this thing that is cool in terms of just horror elements in the movies like you're it feels dangerous all the time this thing feels like it could pop off at any minute right and so you're constantly like, oh, what's it going to do? It's oh, it's kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's a baby eldritch horror. Yeah. It's well, like, yeah. This is going to grow into, you know, a world eater. Yeah. It feels <laughs> very gross. Um, And it escapes another night and kills the neighbor's dog. And this is a pretty great scene because she brings it, brings back the dog to Tina and lays it next to her <laughs> from like a, a sleep she's woken up by this beak like hey poke 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 and then it's like nudging her it's like I got something for you it's right there next to your head it's a little dead dog with no head on it it's a decapitated dog and it's like eh 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 and like her reaction is just Absolute discussion. She throws up on the floor. Immediately vomits. And then the worst possible thing happens, as if this could get any weirder or grosser. This thing just leaps down on the floor and starts gobbling just up. Just lapping her, up all that vomit. All her vomit. And then I was that was the exact second that I made the connection. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh. this <laughs> is her. Uh. The bird brings the dog to her so that she'll eat it and vomit it up for it. And the bird stands for her eating disorder. This is her bulimia. This is it. 
Here it is. This the, That's yeah. what the bird is, is. It gets a little more obvious as time goes on because Tina buys a bunch of bird seed, eats it to throw it up right. for the bird. And then later in the film, yeah, bulimia is like a pretty, pretty um, big theme in this because it's <clears throat> showing her like literally throwing up to feed this toxic beast yeah and then her mother at some time is like oh you've you've lost some weight you finally you finally lost that baby fat and like oh yeah i've been watching what you're eating it's like no she's been she's she's got bulimia now because she's feeding a bird it's and i did the there was another thing that i did in my head I'm like oh she's thrown up all her food too when she does this <laughs> like right. i didn't i didn't do the math on that like she's not just throwing up the bird seed she's throwing up what she ate so she's literally bulimic from yeah. feeding this bird person i don't see we say bird person because i don't want to assign a gender i don't want to assign any pronouns that's fair unless it tells me no i think that's definitely appropriate um not quite a bird not quite a person I don't like how that sounds either. So yeah. I'm not quite a person. Right. It is a person. Yeah, it is. Just because they're non-binary. Right. They're not a person. Toxic. You know, um, I'm glad that I feel like we're making up uh, some of the we're get, making goodwill right now by like, you know, being good people by saying these things, you know, like about how men are toxically masculine uh-huh. or like don't assign uh, gender and that kind of thing. I'm glad that we're building this, this goodwill on this show because my other show hotline and advice podcast <laughs> has come under fire. Um, people are ragingly mad mm. at Babyface Bill- Billy and, um, and rightly so he's out of line a mm. lot. Mm. Um, but you know, we're working on it. Yeah. Um, he's super masculine, but mostly all of that is toxic. Mostly toxic. Yeah. Anyway, so the, I mean, I'm sorry, did I was interrupting. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that whole thing's going on. Um, where are we? Uh, oh, so the, she's the brother, this. the brother tattles on his sister for, Hogging Several things like hogging the bathroom, um, and his de- her dad comes in and is like, "Hey, like you know, you shouldn't be doing this." Blah blah blah. Like, what's what's going on here? And then he spies like a little blood spot on the bed, and he's like, "Oh, oh, oh, I, I gotta go." Femininity, no. <laughs> so it's instead like instead of femininity now. So, <laughs> so now. Right. That's that's the other allegory that's through the through line is puberty because it's right. like you're turning in to something. So yeah, the other big spoiler is as time goes on, this bird person that's 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 not not quite a bird, not quite a person, is less of a bird and more of a person as time goes on to as the point where she feeds it with her vomit. As um, she feeds it with her vomit, and as it feeds, it's like on. nurturing. It's nurturing the the evil within. Right. It's, it's nurturing the the gross thing inside her. It's 
she didn't know what this thing was, but it all started with her mom. And yeah, I mean, speaking of the evil within. Did you think I'm retarded? No. <laughs> um, Please, no. So it, it, it eventually, oh man, there's so much stuff. It's only an hour and, and 30 minutes and there's so much stuff that happens. Like the whole, there's a whole through line of her preparing for this competition, this gym, gymnast competition. Mm-hmm. And she's just not quite there. There's one last spot and she can't. She hasn't really perfected her landing. Yeah. And her mom is like so just rides her so hard. Rides her so hard. And that's and she's like forcing her to and her her coach this is the other thing. The coach is like you know, she's a coach. She's like, you know, uh, okay, take, take you're it easy. You're gonna because this is a, a lot of it is mental, you know? Yeah. So a coach recognizes that and when someone fucks up a landing and you know possibly hurts themselves or like you get the you get the yips um you a coach can recognize that and say like just take, take a break take a break take a just deep like, breath that's that's enough for today don't worry about it don't worry about it we'll we'll work on her more and her mom's reaction to it is we'll do it one more time do it do it until it's perfect and one scene it shows her forcing her daughter to keep doing it over and over and over again to where the coach is turning the lights off in the gym and saying like she's got to lock up and she's like oh don't worry we'll take care of it and Tina's hands are like chewed up from yeah. being on the the uneven bars yeah and and i realize it and this is more obvious towards the end of the film because it shows a lot of the bird person's hands, these like talons, and and they turn into more like uh, human hands with like dark nails and stuff. And then I realize, like, oh, because at some point, her hands are like so bruised and beaten up that her fingernails are like blackened too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, uh, it's yeah, like there's a connection. There's a physical mind body connection between these two. Yeah, but also it's like it just cements the allegory of like no, this is the the bird is her, you know. Right. She is, and uh, what was I gonna say? So, anyways, she's going through this, and then her, a new neighbor moves in, uh, called Raina. Was that what her name was? Well, she moved in at the start, but yeah, I mean, it's it, this is so jam packed full of full right. of stuff, like right? Uh, Raina, and. She's a nice girl. She wants to be friends with with Tinya, uh, but she shows up to the gym and is just perfect immediately. Yeah, she does like the whole Tinya's whole routine perfect, and it's like, well, obviously she's going to go through to the competition, and the stink eye that her mom raises. her mom gives Tinya. Because this other girl yeah. performed better than her. It's like, she's like, I've got a plan. All right. You've got to be perfect because I'm going to live stream your competition kind of thing. And it's like, ugh. It just feels so gross. And the best way to not feel nervous is to be perfect. 
Right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's another, like, like a foundational quote in this movie was Tina is, like, stressed to the max. Like, she's falling apart. I feel. And it's very obvious. And her mom is like, like, you seem, you're really stressed. Like, you know, the best thing to do about stress is win. Just you just got to win the competition and prove them all wrong. Be the best. That way you don't have to worry about losing because you're the best. It's like, like Jesus so much of this, Christ. So much of this review, I'm like, I'm like in another place. <laughs> you know, I'm like. You're disassociating? Um, I'm not really disassociating. I'm just remembering, you know, like I haven't processed a lot of this movie. I've just been slowly processing it. Yeah. And it's so... Um, so spot on and so like, I'm so envious of the person who wrote this because they have, they've processed, they've processed this to this perfect point. And this was probably a lot of it. Like writing this was probably like, how does it all work? Like, because when you're in it and when you're a kid and then afterward, there's just a bunch of blinders that go up. Yeah. To to make sure that you don't see the pain or the reality of the thing or like things for what they are, you just like you just get a bunch of coping mechanisms that are like don't pay attention to the man behind the curtains kind of thing. Yeah. And so and this has has torn away all those curtains and like leaves the whole mechanics of the thing bare. Right. And it's so simple, and of course it's simple. But it's when you're in it and when you're going through it. Of it's the most complex and horrible thing ever because it all seems so backwards because the person who is most supposed to be invested in loving in for you, your parent, has none of those feelings. Yeah. They only love themselves. Right. And they can't really love you. They love you because you came from them. Right. They love you because you're an accomplishment right. of theirs. But nothing else. Like you're right. not a person. But no one's a person to a narcissist except for the narcissist. And so, right. like all of this stuff is so like weird and spot on. And like this is this is a masterclass in like breaking it down so everyone can understand it and just and see it for the sad state of affairs that yeah. it is. And I think I think there's this weird thing where the boomers, uh, sorry boomers, like. Oh man, there's a proliferation of narcissists and boomers. Like yeah. it is unbelievable. You, you just don't see it in Xers or in millennials as much. Like or or in the boomers in the in in the centu- or the the greatest generation. Like you mm-hmm. don't see it in them. The boomers are a lot of like the people who raise us are a lot of narcissists. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, um <clears throat> There's okay. At some point, her mother, and I think I wasn't paying attention to like how this was presented, but at some point, the mother takes Tina over to Taro's house. Yeah, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna go." Do you remember what the rationale for that was? That like setting up as like we're gonna go practice, or was it literally just like I'm gonna go live with my boyfriend now? Yeah, no, it was very matter of fact. And, and it was, came out of the blue. This is, this is, they love to do this. Narcissists will pull this bullshit on you all the time, which is just springs some 
some grand plan on you. This is the right. best idea ever. Isn't this a great idea? And you'll be like, wait, what? What are we doing? We're fundamentally changing our entire life on like a whim. And they're like, yep, get in the car. And right. you're like, wait, what? And she's like, you're coming with me. Well, you and I are going to go live with Taro. And, uh, and your dad is going to take your brother. It's going to be great. Doesn't it sound good. And she's like, um, okay. And she sees her dad and he's like, you know, you got to hand it to your mom. Uh, he's just such a bland, melbatose bullshit person that he's just like, it's easier when somebody makes the choices for you. And this dude is just the stand in for the, uh, the shadow of a right. narcissist, the, the yeah. person who has been cowed into just being their puppet. Yeah, because he, he this frames, is a very codependent person. He frames it as like she knows what she wants, and that's nice. Isn't that good that you don't have to worry or think about what you want? You just get to go and do what she wants all the time. It's like fuck you. <laughs> so they go over to Taro's house. This dad doesn't even stand up for her. He's just no, like, not go, go ahead. It'll be bye. And then just like very, the brother is kind of a bit character, but in the short amount of scenes we see with him, like Based. he's obviously also going to be a narcissist. Right. Like it's very much like, oh shit, I didn't even think about he's, that. he's all about himself and like, yeah, what's she getting? Like what? Yeah. Like why don't, uh, anyways. <sighs> Weird. Um, I didn't even think about that. The, they go to Taro's house, so the the handyman's house, and it's shit. It's just utter, like a compared to their house, you know, oh, okay. that, which is the perfect life where it's like everything's white and like well, what's that pristine. Why? What? No, like wait. Let's back that up a little bit. Let's examine it. Everything's Every- white because it's not stained. It's like, it's not what. It's not stained. <laughs> uh huh. Go on. Uh huh. That's not what I meant, David. Oh. Um, but I mean, when you, I think of my grandma's house to where she had the living room that no one sat in. Was she white? No one ever sat in. You piece and it of was shit. all this light colored furniture. <laughs> and, you know, it was covered with plastic most of the time. But that was like her sacred space. And she never let the kids in there. So that, that shit was makes like so little sense to me. Like, yeah. that's generational trauma. Those rooms stood for generational trauma from, like, war times or some bullshit where, like, our houses were exploded, so I have a room that we just don't <laughs> fucking touch. <laughs> that not even dust can penetrate this room. It's like, what? yeah. So they, they go, and this house is just, like, it's in disrepair. Like, everything is in ramshackles. And the mom's like, this is great. How beautiful is this house? And and it's obvious that, like, this is, no, this is an awful situation, and it's just so you could fuck this guy. Yes. That's that's all it is. Yes, but this dude is a good guy. He he is. He's a very good guy, and he sees what's, what her mom's doing to her, and he... And he try he goes out of his way to try and make her feel comfortable right. in his house, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! You don't have to impress me. Like, we can just be nice people. You know, right. we can just be friends. Right. And that's and that's totally fine. If, if you can't do the cartwheel perfectly, I don't care. 
look, I'll, I'll fuck up too. I'll show you it's okay to be imperfect. Right. But the problem is this dude has a baby from, uh, he's a widower. Mm-hmm. He lost his wife who just gave birth, um, lost his wife in childbirth. And so he's has an inherent thing he has to protect. And that's this right. baby. And she. And Finnish Laura Dern is very smitten with this baby. The The mother is like. And that's the other disturbing thing where it's like, <laughs> it's obvious that she's grooming, fawning over this baby and like, oh, this is a second chance. I can make a better daughter than my current daughter, which is like what Tina is made to feel. Yeah. Well, it's her worst fear and it's actual reality. Like, and this is the thing. People like, oh, you're paranoid. Oh, you're crazy. But am I? <laughs> Because all my biggest fears have always been true. So who's fucking crazy? You know, it's like my fear is that my my mom is going to replace me with a new, better version of me because she wants me to be better and I can't be better. And then what happens? Mom seeks out a baby girl that she can make better than you and is like and sees her for that. And it's like. You're not you're not paranoid, Tina, like this. You're spot on. You got yeah. a good head on your shoulders and a bad mom uh, in your house. Yeah, we we skipped over uh, Rada the 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 competition, the neighbor that was a competition. Um, it shows the the bird person attacking her, and like Rada is in the hospital, and I think her I think her like hand is bitten off or something. Like she's completely mangled, so she's not going to be able to do the competition it's clear that this bird will do will stop at nothing to make genius right. supreme and it turns it turns from like oh it's just feeding to oh it seems like it's attacking the things that are an emotional threat or like um reputational threat to Tina. well anything, and so it, it, it begins getting more like oh this is it's anything it that is her yeah it's anything that emotionally upsets Tina, which is to say anything that would cause a person a bulimic person to purge mm. boom that's the thing that that triggers the the crow to go off right and when bird when it's person. attacking bird person when when uh the bird person is attacking uh, Rayta. It it shows it, and it's like just this gaping maw of it doesn't have the beak anymore. It's just yeah. like a human jaw with flappy skin, with all flappy over skin falling Ugh. over. Blah, blah, blah. So so it turns it it's turn it's morphing into more Tina, not quite a person to quite a person. And <laughs> bird person, um, and you realize Tina realizes it's not just morphing her person; it's morphing into her. Yeah, because it's it looks like her, and people are starting to mistake the bird For formerly her. bird person the the bird formerly known as Tina. No, the person formerly known as Bird. Yeah. Um, as Tina and, and she's realizing that she can see and kind of feel whenever it's going on. And then at one point, the, um, oh yeah, the bird has a name. 
what what is the name that they give it? The Bird. it's from the song. I don't know. It's like Annie or something like. Oh, uh, 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 hold on. Oh, so this is so interesting. So I'm going through the the writer's name is Ilya Ratzi, and they uh they wrote other uh, some other very interesting horror movies. One is called Helsinki Manspla- Mansplaining Massacre. Yeah, yeah. Some of the An- some another of the cr- one is Night of the Living Dicks. Yeah. <laughs> Another one is Spandex Sapiens. Wow. Yeah, and there's a, a lot of interesting credits. The the director, this is her first like feature length film, but uh previously she did a short called Puppet Master. What? A short called Puppet Master? And oh, crazy. let me let me read the synopsis real quick. A lonely woman allows a man to transform her into a puppet. <laughs> I see a theme emerging. Um, anyway, so probably a better version of Puppet Master than the real Puppet Master. At some, first. yeah, at some point, um, the 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 person formerly known as Bird tries to attack and kill the baby. Yeah, Taro's baby, and she looks enough like Tina now that oh, t- that yeah. Taro thinks it's. Tina yeah, and, doing it, even yeah. though she's at like a gym uh, gymnastics meet. And so this is like the big competition that's happening while the baby's almost going to get murdered. And Tina takes upon herself to injure herself so that the... To stop, because she shares this mind-body connection with yeah. the bird, she can see, oh, as she's competing, her, her bulimia gets in the way of her competition she fucks up to save the baby because there's a mind body connection so she fucks up her her set to in order to make sure that the baby doesn't actually die but right. it's too late the damage has been done because the baby's he, screaming crying and and he sees like the axe on the ground right um so taro kicks them out and finish laura dern freaks the fuck out in the car, like smashes her face against the wheel and, and, uh, Tina. Okay. This is, this is another, like just gut wrenching scene. Cause Tina, and this is a, I, I feel like a super meaningful scene because Tina, her reaction to it is like, I, I can't kill it. I hatched it. Right. Or this whole concept of, Tina nurtured this thing that is ruining her life. And that's also an alle- that like that storyline is an allegory for how her mother sees her. Like her mother like I gave birth to this daughter that's ruining my life now. Yeah. And <laughs> there's so, it's, there's so much depth to this and uh someone did a lot of processing to like pinpoint a lot of these themes and like a lot of these weird um emotional moments. Yeah. Um and eventually they decide to kill bird person attorney at law 
And since there's a mind body connection, like when her mother stabs the, the bird person, Tina is stabbed basically. And then she finally, Tina, this is, this is a super narcissist thing to do too, to believe that you can fix the problem quickly and then it will be done. Mm -hmm. And like, and to, to, to not have the patience to do it the right way. So the right way to undo this thing is literally through loving Tina. Right. Is just, is just giving her what she needs so that she doesn't need this, this crow. Mm -hmm. She doesn't need it anymore. And it will begin to die because she will spend less and less time with it. She won't, Mm. she won't need that connection anymore. And it will fade away as it grew. It grew slowly into a thing. It has to die slowly or else you're going to wreck Tina. Why? Because she's connected to it. It's her. She's it almost. They're almost the same thing. And if you go trying to kill one, you kill them both. Yeah. Instead, what you have to do is what you should have fucking done from the start, which is be a good person. Yeah. And it ends with um, Tina throwing herself in front of her mother's knife and getting stabbed in the heart. And so you assume, like, well, that is the end of it. But no, the bird person. Oh, yeah. Tina bleeds into the bird person's mouth. And that's like the final amount of energy for to completely transform. And now it's like the... uh, the mirror universe of Tina. Yeah, Tina's, it's like evil Tina. Tina's gone, and now you just get bulimia. Yeah, you just get the this broken, fucked up, eldritch horror thing that, like, to be honest, you started right. Like, so it's she, a, you had such a good thing. You had such a good. She was such a good. Think about all the feelings you had of worry and concern for that good little girl yeah. who just was such confused and just didn't and was just wanted and just wanted some normalcy and just wanted love from her mom despite her mom treating her like a weird adult girlfriend mm-hmm. and telling her like oh I'm going to go fuck this guy isn't that crazy <laughs> it's like no can you just be nice to her and just treat her like a kid you had this perfect thing you had the perfect thing and you fucked it up and it's like, by thinking it was imperfect. And it's also like this. Yeah, the whole allegory of, of trauma, because Tina, she's so helpless, but also she hatched this thing. Mm-hmm. It came from her and she is nurturing it, but she's not in control. Right. And that's like because she's a kid. Because she's a hurt little kid. And that's like how it is being raised with trauma. It's like you want to be good. You're really trying, but you're not in control because you're being basically preyed upon by this narcissist and you're not in control of your own life. Oh, yeah. You're not in control of what you're being made into. We had a really authentic moment there. People like that. It's like. I want to throw up like like how could you not end up just being bulimic yeah like of course right yeah and this is one of those those peaks into another world for me to where it's like 
Well, that's not what my life was like. And that's like the polar opposite because it's like, you know, I grew up like not like appearances and being good looking or whatever was not any of my concern or being competitive. Mm -hmm. Like it just wasn't in me because it wasn't part of my upbringing and whatever to where I see these people whose racing was all around that where it's all around competition, competition looking, looking good. good and being better than others popularity contest and that as much as I look at other people and be like oh man I wish I wasn't fat I wish I you know was good at sports I wish I was normal um, I look at those people I'm like well god I wouldn't want that and that's that's part of it. I th- I I wrote down a whole point talking about how I hate competition, mm-hmm. and it's this is where my trauma came in because <laughs> it's like I I realize now like I have you know um, Daniel Plainview in yeah there will be blood where he's yeah. like I have a competition in me. Mm-hmm. I'm the polar opposite of that. So I, have, I, I have I have zero have competition. I have zero competition in me. Like. I, sometimes it's a superpower. Sometimes it's just like, um, that's missing and that's not good for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my trauma growing up was like, I still remember being the last kid in the race in elementary school because I was the fat kid mm-hmm. and having people at the back of the race being like, oh no. I can't be beat by Bryce. Like at least I at least I have to be faster than him. And that's like that does something to you and I still feel that like when I think about it. And it's like when you're at the end of it and you're like, well, I can't compete. Like what's the point in playing the game because I can't compete. And it's no it's not fun. Not that I I'm It'd be hard to convince me that a lot of people are having fun playing sports anyways. But the whole point of sports is discipline and competition, right? And You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> I have no interest in either, really. But especially competition. Like, I see very little value because I look at it as, like, there's always going to be someone better. Like, so what? Why are you focused on it? Because, like, there's always going to be... You know, LeBron James, like, so you're better than some people that you're playing? Well, then you're just not playing with the better people, but there are, you know? And it's to make yourself better, but why? I I don't know. It's like, it's okay to just not be the best. I don't know. It's, It's a weird catch 22 of like you don't feel all the stress and anxiety around um not being the best but also you don't push yourself Hmm. so yeah i don't know yeah did this did this movie trigger any of that for you um around the around the gymnastics competition or anything like that um i mean that's that's the thing it's so polar opposite to my experience where like i 
I'm glad that I didn't experience that. That sounds horrible. Well, but, you know? but you did. You just got done describing not wanting to be last. Well, there's a <laughs> there's a difference between being good at enough good at it enough to be able to compete or close enough to compete and just not being able to do it. Hmm. Like Yeah, cuz I just couldn't do things, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Whatever. Trauma it, sucks. It, it childhood is. I don't. Is there people without childhood trauma in no. any way? Is there people that are like, yeah, I figured it out. It was great. Oh yeah, yes, yes. There are people who say that they go. It. You can listen to it on old love lines and new love lines, where. Where they go, did anything bad happen to you as a kid? And they're like, no, nothing. Had a great, you had a great time, good time. Um, what, what, was your, what was your father like? So, what was your father like? Oh, he died when I was four. He died when I was four. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we got over it. And it's like, oh, oh. Or, you know, like, hey, how how was your home life? It was real good. My parents cared a lot about me a lot. Oh, yeah. Were you religious? Oh, yeah. You know, we were until I until the priest got caught molesting me in third grade. And then we just like <laughs> dropped that. Um, you know, so everybody's got something, but a lot of people just don't want to see it and can't. Right. And, and won't. Yeah. Um, everybody's got everybody's got something, whether it's. And sometimes it's the lightest sounding vanilla bullshit that doesn't mean anything to you, right. but means the entire world to right. someone else for whatever reason. I know. If someone was to describe, like, yeah, I didn't get into the gymnastics competition and be like, oh, that's, I guess, okay. Yeah. No, like, energy, I remember, no energy around that for you. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I got cut from the jazz choir sophomore year. I was devastated. That was one of the dev- most devastating things in my life up to that point where I wasn't chosen to be in the elite choir um, when up to that point I had always been. Yeah, to me that just sounds like you just dodged a bullet from being gay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Bryce turned out uh, heterosexual. No, I took so many bullets after that. <laughs> so many dicks. <laughs> and then I went on to get a you know bachelor in vocal performance in so. dick psychology <laughs> no i just i just minored in dick psychology i'll tell you what though i i have so much like growing up super conservative and not being exposed to all those dicks all those dicks. and then going to like a major but also being among people that were obviously gay Mm-hmm. Or it's like, oh, these people, a lot of these people exist. When they're in the places where it's okay for them to be suck on those the dicks. way they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ow, ow, ow. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a, I mean,. It's a fun time. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely a fun time. You know, but no, I mean everybody's got a thing and and there's 
everybody is just out there in the world, and they're all just all trying to do their best. Don't make them feel bad. Isn't isn't that like just the... be just be so fucking nice to people? Just don't don't call them toxically masculine. Just try try that out for a, for a change. Well, maybe, I mean, if there's if there's maybe throwing a bunch of your negative bullshit into the universe. Results in more negative bullshit in the universe. Well, man, if you were to make a case for Texas, t- Texas, toxic femininity, mm. the mother in this one, holy mm. shit! It's just, it was like, you know what? You could all, yeah, you could totally twist that into something that's needlessly sexist, or you could just call it what it is, narcissism, and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, it's just a thing that affects people, you know, men and women alike. Uh, quit othering people. That that would be good. I just like to turn people against each other. You know the real enemy here? Bird people. <laughs> uh, it has been a challenging mating season for bird person. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> what, uh... Who do you think should go see this? I Like, I really honestly believe... And I'm going to say this with the straightest face possible. Um, anybody who's going to have kids mm-hmm. uh, should see this movie uh, and think, really let it sink in. Because, um, you know, as a person who deals with this on a daily basis, this reality being, uh, you know, just being a person, uh, it. It helps to inform how you treat people, um, and especially your own kid. And it's really hard when you're in the thick of raising your own kid mm-hmm. to be like, to not try and be critical of them when they really just need a hug, you know? Yeah. Like, they just they just need a hug, and that can diffuse so much. Uh, it can diffuse the eldritch horror from coming into your house and eating your child alive. Yeah. And turning them into a, you know, a paranoid, untrusting, cold, callous, and yet very uh, deeply feeling uh, mm-hmm. individual mm-hmm. whose name is Gambler. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just rhymes with David Gay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've never heard that one, by the way. <laughs> You know what my middle name is? What? <laughs> Clayton. <coughs> David Gayton Gay. <laughs> oh, uh, pretty good. Pretty good stuff. You're very original. Um, yeah, I mean, this... I think... I mean, I always say everyone should see this, but, like, this is one where... If you are a horror fan, if you're a fan of A24 movies, like... This is really deep. Yeah. And see, it's one of those where it's, I don't know, there's, it's hard to gauge what, like, the people that watch The Witch and look at it and say, like, it's boring. Nothing happens. To where, like, where would they fall with this one? But, like, it feels like a lot of stuff happens in this to where this hits so it is many a, it is a monster movie it is a monster movie it's got tons of it, it, it has everything that every modern horror fan claims to want right body horror <laughs> body horror a bunch of practical effects very limited cgi engaging story 
um, extreme stakes. Like it's got all of it. It's got yeah. <laughs> so sad too. Like it's 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 very like, emotional. Like it's yeah yeah. It's it is that um, it's definitely in that lane of uh, sadness porn. You know, mm. it's a lot of that grief. Got a lot of that grief feels. So if you want to feel bad, go watch this movie. Um, Okay, let's move on to perennial favorite taglines. Here's taglines. Tagline is a game where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie we're reviewing. <laughs> um, I got some zingers. Okay, what? Uh, what do you got? Hey, uh, Bryce, what do you give a? a, a, a so oh, no. these, are you going to do the joke thing? Again? I love this. Oh god, this is my it. favorite thing. Fuck what are you talking you. to? So taglines is a bit where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie. That, I just said that. Oh, okay. Um, well, these are fun and funny because mm, okay. it was a heavy. It was a heavy episode. Okay. What? Hey, Bryce. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey. Um. <clears throat> what do you give a sick bird? Um. Vomit. <laughs> a tweetment. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I can't say okay. minor of that much better. Uh, hatching. Influencer's new video. We rescue a crow. <laughs> we rescue a crow and it tears apart our entire family. Yeah. I just envision like the YouTube video thumbnail oh. of like, oh yeah, surprise person. We rescue a crow. Dude, check out Dustin's artwork for this one. I have a feel, I haven't seen it yet, but I have a feeling it's going to be a fucking horrifying. Uh, hey, I should bro- probably tell him we're doing, did you tell him we're doing I, this one? Yeah, I okay. told him. Um, he called me for some gossip. So I gave him some gossip, told him, told him about this movie, too. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> hey, Bryce, what do you call a funny chicken? I don't know. <laughs> a comedy hen. <laughs> You're a dad. What's the matter with you? I spent 10 seconds thinking of these, and I just don't appreciate... The oh. amount of it. You just went and got some Laffy Taffy. No, like, oh, I made, these are my taglines. I made these up. A oh. comedy hen? Okay. Hatching. The much anticipated sequel to Crow 2. Crow 2. The Crow oh, 2. Oh, wow. Sorry. Yeah, you butchered I it. fucked that, that one up. Uh, hey, wh- hey, Bryce. When's the best time to go buy a bird? Um. To, I don't know. When it's on sale real cheap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Whoa, got, is that got, it? No, I got two more. Oh, okay, good. Hatching. Ah! Mm. Oh, I'm very uncomfortable having a gang of crows in our bedroom. It's a murder, honey. A group of crows is called a murder. I'm sleeping on the couch. Ew, Zombie Simpsons. 
What are you doing? It's Green? not Zombie Simpsons. I love that episode. Which episode is that? <laughs> Homer adopts a bunch of crows. Yeah, it's Zombie Simpsons. And it's the. I think it's he has the sugar pile. I think it's related no. to that one, mm-hmm. isn't it? No, no. This is. I've never seen this episode. Therefore, it is Zombie Simpsons. Oh, okay. It's post. It's got to be post mm-hmm. season nine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like season ten. Right. Exactly. That's my point. It has to start somewhere, and that's mm-hmm. where it starts. Sure. Hey, uh, Bryce. Hey Bryce, uh-huh. can you can you guess why hummingbirds have to hum? <sighs> no. Well, it's probably because they they didn't accept you into jazz choir because they don't know any of the words. Okay. All right, but this will be this will be the last one. <laughs> Your exasperation with me. I yeah. Uh, hatching. If you go into this thinking about a giant, about adopting a giant bird person, you're going to leave thinking, never more. <laughs> okay, so how is that any different? Why are you giving me shade? I don't have any more. That's all I got. Okay. All right, so exciting news. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have an exclusive interview with one of the cast of Hatching. I know you're all waiting to hear who it is. It is The Crow. Oh, wow. Hey. So um, we're, do we're we gonna, have them? Are they on we're the gonna line have them call in? Just okay. a second. Yeah. Hello. Is are you there? Ah, <coughs> oh, so so good to to meet you. So, um, Marianne from <laughs> bum, bum, Brooklyn. <laughs> so we're. This will be a little different. So David, um, I speak Finnish crow. Oh, so I'll I'll translate. Wow, where did you pick you? that up? Um, I'm a cultured person. I'm a man of of the world. A cultured bird person. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, why don't you you ask the questions? I'll translate for the crow, and then we'll we'll get the answer. Yeah, sure thing. Um, <clears throat> hey, well, first of all, hey, thank you so much for making time to uh, come be on our show. You know, we're not a huge podcast, but we appreciate this. Okay. All right, well. <laughs> okay. What what was that? It was just saying thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um so thanks for coming on the show. My first question is um this thing really blew me away. Did you happen to uh, get to meet the the writer for this? Okay, just saying. Let me translate. Uh no he he didn't get to meet the writer it's not usually you know they're not usually on set right but uh, really respects its its former work with the uh, the Dick movie <laughs> yeah right um well um so can you tell us maybe a little bit about some of the challenges for you I I mean I I remember yeah I'm, no I'm no. translating just that's, for you that's you? fine go ahead um yeah. Are you done with? Yeah, questions? yeah, no. I was trying just, to. I was what trying were, to do it while what were some challenges on set? Like, okay. um, yeah. Mm. Um, like a lot of Finnish productions, they don't um, necessarily make a lot of uh, concessions for for birds oh. in production. There, there's not a lot of craft. seed and craft services. Right. Right. Um, but there are a lot of shiny objects, so that was 
you know, one of the pluses. Yeah. No, I, I can understand that. Um, what, what would you say was like the thing that touched you the most about, about this, you know, making, making hatching? Um, did the story stand out to you or any of the characters in particular hit you hard? change tone there. yes um you know it's hard i look finish it, it's it's hard it's hard to finish is challenging in and of itself but finish yeah, crow. finish crow i think what it was saying is it, it just really appreciated representation of birds in movies okay especially blackbirds right well why they got to be black but also, well, I mean, I'm, I mean, that's exactly like there's not. I'm speaking for the crow, but I mean, if, it's one thing to be uh, have birds in movies, but you almost never see blackbirds that's, in a good right light. Right. I mean, some would argue that this wasn't the best light for blackbirds, but I mean, oh, um. He just informed me that he actually does understand English. Oh, as most Finnish people do. Um, you know, it's, it, it takes. You know who we need to get in here to help us is Anna. Anna has been supporting our. She's Finnish. She's yeah. support. She got a whole HMT tattoo on her thigh. <laughs> yeah, she's she's not doing too well right now. She she told me she has COVID and she's she's on the third day of COVID. And, not doing great. That bitch is hardcore, though. Yeah, she's gonna pull through. She's gonna be fine. She'll be fine. She's she's vaccinated, so I'm not worried about her dying. But we're uh, hoping that you pull through, Anya, Anna. And uh, yeah, I was. I'm really excited to hear what she thinks about this movie. It's, after it's in Finnish. After watching this movie and listening to that language, I have a I have a feeling that her name is pronounced Anna. Anna. Yeah, it, they have. Like the way that they hit every letter. I'm sorry, we're ignoring. I'm sorry, we're ignoring our guests. The Let's crow. Do, do you have another question for for Crow? Yeah. Um. What? Like, I, this is gonna go a little bit deeper than you might, uh, you know, want to go. But what was your childhood? Uh, did you have any childhood trauma or anything like that that helped inform the way you decided to act for this movie? Um. The, you know, this had a lot of childhood trauma in mm. it. So. Yeah. Um, you know, she had a complicated childhood. Um, his, his parents got divorced and his, his father got hit by a semi truck when it was six months old, which is about teenage years and human years. Wow. Um, but really overall it says that, you know, it was a good childhood. Um, it didn't... His mother did the best she could, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, wasn't a big fan of the stepfather. You know, I got another quote. This is a this is just off the cuff here. This isn't off my sheet or anything like that. But it, it strikes me that a lot of those a lot of those um, 
Norse countries are, you know, pretty progressive, pretty forward moving. I've heard a about <sighs> you're right. I've heard a lot about um programs that have taught crows how to pick up cigarette butts in exchange for little pieces of dog food. Is that is that ever and is that something that they do in Finland? Have you ever exchanged cigarette butts for pieces of dog food? Oh. Um, yeah, they recently cut back on the, the amount of payment for it used to be, they always, you got two pieces of shiny metal for each cigarette butt and they cut it back to one. So it's kind of a sore subject. That's how they do. All right. So thank you so much to uh bird for, to the, to the crow for coming to bird (laughs) (laughs) for coming. How can anybody take our show seriously? Like it's almost like we're just. Just two cis white men. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that's the show for today. Thanks for joining us. Um, what should we tell them to do? Go to horrormovietalk.com. If you're going to buy anything on Amazon, one of the things you can do to help us out is click on the button in the banner and we get a little taste. Yeah, taste it's, of that. it's not insubstantial. I was actually looking at it last quarter and it, it makes up, it makes up a, you know, a uh, three to five percent of our of our income so it's uh you know maybe actually maybe five to ten percent of our income so it's really it's not bad yeah it's not bad huh so um keep doing that the uh i think did, did you set up the international thing yes i did so now anyone that clicks through will be able to get you know, well a lot more countries a lot more countries so if world. you're in the uk i know that was the one that people were asking yeah yeah um, thanks to our patrons, um, that we mentioned as well as all, you know, the over a hundred people that are giving us their money to listen to more of us, which is kind of mind blowing. Um, yeah, go, you know go what? see this movie. It's, yeah, go it's see really this good. movie for sure. And you know what? I, I gotta say, um, we've been receiving a lot of encouragement lately, um, but also just throughout, the, you know, the extent of our efforts on this podcast and, um, and it means a lot. We, uh, you know, we, we do it for you guys and, and you reach out to us and you say nice things and, and that means a lot. And, uh, you know, I think, I think y'all are just great. So thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good.